The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Scum! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. And my guest today is presidential nominee and JFK lookalike, <laughs> Governor Jack Stanton. Hi, Izzy. Hi, Jack. Jack, when we were talking before, you were telling me that your mama liked Vegas. And, and, and who was her favorite act there? Is it Wayne Newton? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, when your mother plays blackjack, where does she stand, Pat? Is it 16? Well, she is a bit of a gambler. Uh, but so sometimes she'll go up to 17. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, Governor, but uh, I'm told that we have Senator Harris on the phone. Uh, uh, hello. This is indeed an honor. Thank you. We were just talking with Governor Stanton about how his mother loves Las Vegas. I was wondering, Senator, does your mother have a favorite vacation spot? My mother's dead. Oh. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Bob. Hi there. It is Thursday, November 9, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we are brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's BubbleGenius.com. We're also brought to you by Harry's Razors. I love my Harry's Razor. I don't I don't have my Wolverine beard, my Civil, Civil War beard anymore. But thanks to Harry's Razor, when I chopped off that beard, you might, you'll see it on my Facebook page. When I chopped off that beard, of course I used my Harry's Razor, and it gave me a clean, smooth shave from a blade that feels expensive, but comes right to my door at half the cost of the big-name brands. That's what I love about shaving with products from Harry's, from the hefty balanced handle that fits in your hand to the precision-engineered five-blade cartridges that come with a trimmer blade, lubricating strip, and a travel cover to Harry's Rich Lathering Shave Gel. And it all began when two ordinary guys named Jeff and Andy got tired of getting ripped off on blade prizes, so Jeff and Andy wanted to fix shaving once and for all, so they started by cutting out the middlemen. They bought their own factory, one that's been making engineered blades for over a century, so now they can ship top-quality blades directly to you. The result, quality products at your door for half of what you've been paying it's all about a great shave at a fair price. That's why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy are so confident you'll love their products. They want you to go to harrys.com right now to sample their trial shave set for free. It's free. It's a $13 value, but all you do is pay the shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. And because you listen to this show, Jeff and Andy will even throw in a free post-shave bomb. It's the mother of all bombs. But... <laughs> 
but only if you log on to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. That's harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. Do it right now. Okay. Where do we begin? Trump crisis day 294. 40 days, by the way, since Republicans allowed S-CHIP to expire. Uh, the, the CHIP program is gone. All right, let's, uh, without any further ado, let's do this. How about that, huh? Jody. Jody on the show. Yep. That's what we're waiting for. Yeah, we are. I'm going to talk with Stephanie. No, I'm Bob. I'm not Stephanie. Still a whore, of course. I'm always a Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. With Stephanie. Bob. Okay. You need to have you need to have Buzz Burbank just put your name in there. That's a great idea. You know what I tried to do the other day? This is so stupid. This is such a stupid thing to talk about. But I tried to get there's a clip of Dan Badandi saying my name, and I wanted to get the clip of Dan Badandi saying my name to fit into the Rocky Mountain Mike jingle for for you uh, from the Stephanie Miller show, and it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't sound right. Maybe I'll it maybe didn't I'll work. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Maybe I'll give it another <laughs> shot and wheel that one out. Okay, so, uh, of course, Jody Hamilton is from the Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker podcast on iTunes and from-the-bunker.com. You can listen You've to it You got there. it down. Look at you. Yeah, how about that? There was a brand new episode yesterday, in fact. I know that. There was. It was just Rick and me and, and not Nick, the insufferable British guy. <laughs> That's right. We all have an insufferable British guy in our life, don't we? I've got yes, the, we do. I've got Ben Cohen from the Daily Banter. You know, I, I wanted to mention this before we get into uh, talking about Roy Moore and uh, all of that other fun stuff, all the uh, fun stuff from the election on Tuesday. Uh, you know, Matt Taibbi is going around sharing articles from this uh, 9-11 truther kook who's suing the Daily Banter, hence the segue right. from Ben Cohen, my insufferable British guy, uh, uh, to uh, what we're talking about today. And this is so this is so strange. This This person is suing... The Daily Banter, uh, what's her, I always forget what her name is. Um, Nevertheless, she's suing the Daily Banter because we said she's not a real journalist. So she was pretty (laughs) pissed off. Oh, her name is Caitlin Johnstone. That's it, yes. Yes. And so uh, uh, Matt Taibbi shared an article from Medium written by Caitlin Johnstone, who is suing the Daily Banter. And the article is Dem pundits spent yesterday lying about DNC primary rigging document. So it's it's like the whole goddamn God damn Oh it. my God, with the Donna Brazil story uh-huh. and, and the rigging. This was let's let's call this what it is. This was an attempt to sell as many books as possible, inject some crazy thing. Jody, we were talking about this kind of thing, this kind of strategy for getting as much attention, getting viral attention online. We're talking about this like four years ago with the reporting on Edward Snowden, where the whole idea and, and the whole concept of Edward Snowden, what the NSA was doing, put that aside for a second. Let's talk about how this was reported. It was reported in a way to gain maximum traction. Mm -hmm. They wanted to get this out there as quickly as possible, get as many clicks as possible, and then deal with the fallout afterwards. Any falseness in the the news reporting, any fake items thrown in, any sensationalistic headlines, well, we'll deal with that 24 hours, uh, 36 hours, 48 hours down the road. Right now, Mm -hmm. let's just get it out there. You know what I mean? 
And that appears yep. to be the case with this appears to be the tactic that Donna Brazil has wheeled out with these allegations that uh, that Hillary Clinton signed a secret document with the DNC, which, by the way, Bernie Sanders also signed and which, by the way, uh, has been confirmed to say that it doesn't start this agreement and the terms therein don't start until the beginning of the general election. And I got into so many arguments with friends of mine about it. And I'm like, you guys, first off, it was reported two years ago. Yeah. Is widely yeah, august 2015 and again yeah. bernie's agreement was reported in november, november of 2015 absolutely which was months before the first primaries even took place which means if unless he wasn't paying attention to the news at the time which i doubt he mm. knew about her thing when it was signed just like the rest of us had the ability to know that happened when it happened right right and, and I was getting so mad at my friends, and it's like, oh, she shouldn't have done it. What are you talking about? This is standard operating procedure. This is nothing new. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> if it's, you don't like it, get into the DNC and change it. Yeah, Howard Dean said on Twitter that this is something, these kinds of agreements have been signed for, I don't know, it's been a trend for 15 years, standard at operating least, procedure yeah. for at least 15 years. Well, since obviously since Howard Dean was chairman of the DNC. And right. so there's another bit of mitigating evidence. But, you know, as I said in the Stephanie Miller show yesterday, this has now become a matter of canon for Bernie supporters. This is now it doesn't matter what we say at this point as far as disproving the allegations that Donna Brazil initially made, which now Donna Brazil is going around disproving her own allegations. And I noticed way. all of the Bernie people, once the Donna Brazil, she started to back it, you know, backtrack, mm -hmm. no, nothing out of them. Yeah. Not nope. a peep. Nope. Absolutely nothing. And that's why what they're doing is it's like during uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, we'll take the first Khrushchev letter. We'll take that one seriously and ignore the second one. <laughs> it right. kind of goes back. I feel like Chris Matthews every time I re reference the Kennedys in the 60s. Nevertheless, so, I mean, my question is, going back to Matt Taibbi, Matt Taibbi and that crowd, and again, I really, I admire Matt Taibbi for his writing chops. There are very mm -hmm. few writers who are, or as talented as this guy who has been able to make a name for himself the way he has and to sort of carry forward the idea of gonzo journalism from the 70s and, and to reinvigorate it for the digital age and so on. All, all the, the, the crap that you, people normally say about Matt, Matt Taibbi. My question, though, is, is this guy, what is this guy's deal with Russia? We know that he and Mark Ames spent a lot of time in Moscow doing a lot of drugs, getting in a lot of trouble out there. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. Good question, right? Yeah. Uh, is he compromised? Is he doing things because there is lots of information, lots of compromise gathered on Matt Taibbi? These are questions. His own pee, -pee tape. Exactly. That might be exactly the case. But I mean, you know, with someone like Taibbi, he has made it perfectly clear that his days in Moscow were not the, they, they weren't really, uh, uh, he was having some fun in Russia. He's having a good Russia. time out there. Yeah, and, and he's written about it and he's talked about it. So how, how effective could Compromat really be on someone who's already out in the open? It's like, like Chez and I used to always talk about on the show. You know, you could go to like Ben Cohen of the Daily Banter and say all kinds of things about me or about at the time Chez and, and Ben Cohen really wouldn't care because it's like all of our crap is out there. We, we right. talk about our personal lives. We talked about all of our speed bumps along the way, all of our uh, substance abuse, there's substance abuse things. And we've, we talked about all that crap and right. So it seems like 
anyone reporting us, anyone using uh, or doxing us or doing anything crazy seems like it would fall on deaf ears. And it seems like that would be the same with Matt Taibbi. So what is his motivation here? Is it is it because he's part of the Greenwald orbit and they're trying to undermine the, the Russia? Thing? I don't know. I don't know where this comes from, but there it is. Yeah, I mean, it could be the Greenwald. It could be the love of Edward Snowden. Who knows? Yeah. The greatest source that Greenwald will ever have in his career is now a guest of Vladimir Putin in Moscow. So I get, mm-hmm. I, even though I disagree with Greenwald, I understand Greenwald. I understand right. what his motives are. But Taibbi, that's another, that's another question entirely. But anyway... Let's get into uh, let's get into Roy Moore. This is my favorite story. I got a, got a little music here for for Roy Moore. Oh my God, this crackpot yeah. uh, has been accused of propositioning underage girls, right? Yep. And uh, I'm beginning to think this is really inappropriate. This music. Yeah, Roy Moore with his cowboy cosplay uniform. Filled with sequins. Loves the rhinestones <laughs> and the sequins, Roy Moore does. Uh, nevertheless, so he's been accused of propositioning underage girls between the ages of 16 and 18. Mm-hmm. The first uh, woman to come out to say that he was that she was propositioned by Roy Moore was actually 14 at the mm-hmm. time. She was Santa's helper. Yeah, this is creepy. What happened mm-hmm. was is she was sitting there. Her name is Lee Korfman. Cor- mm-hmm. Korfman. Which is the, like the lamest superhero ever. It is. It really is. She should change her name. <laughs> right. I'm Korfman. Stand back, citizen. What do you citizen. do, Korfman? I stand like this. <laughs> stand back, citizen. I'm Korfman. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> Korfman, the lamest of all superheroes. Nevertheless, so uh, <laughs> Lee Korfman says uh, she was 14 years old. This is from the Washington Post. When an older man approached her outside a courtroom in Etowah County, Alabama. Wow. She was sitting on a wooden bench with her mother, they both recall, when the man introduced himself as Roy Moore. It was early 1979, right around the time Rhinestone Cowboy came out, by the way. It is. Uh, <laughs> and Moore. That's, I don't think it's a coincidence, Bob. Yeah, it's creepy. Roy Moore, who's now the Republican nominee in Alabama for the U.S. Senate mm-hmm. seat, was a 32-year-old assistant district attorney. He struck up a conversation, Korfman and her mother say, and offered to watch the girl while her mother went inside for a child custody hearing. He said, oh, you don't want her to go in there and hear all that, do you? I'll stay out here and, and watch her. I'll stay out here with her. Not cre- No, totally not, not creepy at all. Not at all. Strange men wanting to babysit your child. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an account by Nancy Wells, who's Korfman's mother. Uh, mm-hmm. She's now 71 years old. I thought, how nice for him to want to take care of my little girl. That's so weird. Shit. Alone with Korfman, Moore chatted with her and asked her for her phone number, she says. Days later, she says, he picked her up around the corner from her house in Gadsden, drove her about 30 minutes to his home in the woods. Nothing to see here, Bob. (laughs) Yeah, that's creepy. very innocent. Yeah, his home in the woods where he's got like a creepy crawl space. Did nobody read Little Red Riding Hood? He's got got a crawl space with a clown suit in there. Yeah. Uh, Told her how pretty she was and, and then kissed her. Ew. On a second visit, she says, he took off her shirt and pants and removed his clothes. No. He he touched her over her bra and underpants, she says. 
and this is this is I'm just reading the Washington Post. I I know I know I'm reading along. And guided her hand to touch him over his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, quote: I wanted it over with. I wanted out. She remembers thinking. Please just get this over with. Whatever this is, just get it over, Korfman says. Uh, she asked Moore to take her home, and he did. So uh, two of Korfman's childhood friends say she told them at the time that she was seeing an older man, and one says Korfman identified the man as Moore. Well, it's hard to miss Moore with the sequined yeah. cowboy hat, right? Right. Well, says her daughter told her about the encounter more than a decade later as Moore was becoming more prominent as a local judge. Interesting. Aside from Korfman, three other women interviewed by the Washington Post in recent weeks say Moore pursued them when they were between the ages of 16 and 18, and he was in his early 30s. Mm. Episodes say they found flattering at the time, but troubling yeah. as they got older, of course. Yeah. When you have a powerful guy coming to you and he's an older guy, he's in his thirties and say, Hey, you're pretty nice. Hey, do you wanna do you wanna see my underpants? <laughs> I mean, having been a sixteen to eighteen year old girl many decades ago, yeah. Um, I do understand the 16 to 18 year old girls thoughts on the matter, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's wrong. It's just, it's illegal. Of course it's, uh, of I mean, 18 is. is not illegal, but, but 18 is legal, but under 18, it's just, it's blatantly illegal. So he knew better. Well, the, yeah, especially as a judge. Exactly. And this is one of the reasons why it's illegal because clearly when you're talking about children, whether they're boys or girls, they're mm -hmm. not fully formed enough emotionally, psychologically, certainly not physically, to be mm -hmm. able to deal with a 30-year-old predator, whether that predator's name is Roy Moore or whether that predator's name is Donald Trump or whether the, that predator's name is Anthony Kevin Weiner. Spacey or Anthony Kevin Weiner. Spacey, I mean, yeah, um, Mark Halperin. Uh, do, you, do you ever remember there was an interview years ago with Rick Springfield? Because yeah. when he was 25, mm -hmm. he was dating Linda Blair, who was only 15 at the time. Ew. And her parents allowed it. Wow. Yeah. And the he was like, he goes, look, I was not as emotionally um, mature as she was. He goes, but what were her parents thinking? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, if, if we're talking about like 18 and 15, okay. That's different. Different. Yeah. yeah, even 19 and 16. I would say that three-year gap is probably... At those ages, absolutely, that's yeah. fine. He was interviewed because, you know, he's in his... He's pushing 70 now mm -hmm. still rocks by the way um <laughs> yeah you know, that's true he's really good on stage um but he he was interviewed and he goes yeah i don't know what her parents were thinking they were letting her go out with this rock star from australia <laughs> basically yeah when he came back to the u.s and 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 they dated for a while they're still friends mm -hmm. um but he's like he literally was good. what were her parents thinking i was 10 years older and she was only 15 yeah you know it's like what were they thinking i mean it's not acceptable for a rock star to do that i mean it's and it's even more unacceptable for a guy like Roy Moore, who's yeah. like the morality police, who's telling gay people that uh, you need to be, uh, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to necessarily uh, execute gay people, but, you know, they're, it's an abomination and the, the, just the thought of it makes me nauseous. That's what he was saying right. about the LGBT community. And so this guy is handing down judgments and as a United States senator will be. Hopefully not, but Hopefully you know, he, not. he could be voting on things that pertain to sexual morality and things like that. So the fact that he has he has done this obviously has a layer 
or allegedly, uh, has a layer of uh, of hypocrisy and contradictions there. But also, this is just baseline. This is just creepy, 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 illegal, horrible, horrible behavior. Even though apparently they didn't have sex of any kind, there was no intercourse here, but there right. was sexuality linked to it. The other, Absolutely. the other three women say that there was uh, uh, no sexual contact. It says here mm-hmm. none of none of the three women beside Korfman say that Moore forced them into any sort of relationship or sexual contact. So they were just. I guess they were just propositioned, which well, one said one he didn't go. They didn't go beyond kissing. I see. Okay, so Wendy Miller, it says here, uh, uh-huh. was fourteen and working as Santa's helper at the Gadsden mm-hmm. Mall when Moore first approached her, and sixteen when he asked her on dates, which her mother forbade. Good for her mother. Debbie Wesson Gibson says she was seventeen when Moore spoke to her high school civics class and asked her out on the first of several dates that did not progress beyond kissing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Gloria Thacker Deason. I love all their names. Yeah, that's a great name. Gloria Thacker Deason says she was, uh, I would like, if, if I ever have a, a child, I'm going to name the child, first name Ch- Thacker. Thacker. <laughs> that's a great name. Says she was an 18-year-old cheerleader when Moore began taking her on dates that included bottles of Mateau Ro- Rosé wine. Mm. The legal drinking age in Alabama was 19. So that's a no-no. That's a bit right. of a problem here. So mm-hmm. that's essentially the latest uh, of what we have. It, it, on top of all of this, Moore apparently uh, tried to tip off Breitbart. And Breitbart published a story about this before the Washington Post ah. from, from Moore's point of view. So this was right. a little bit of triage on behalf of uh, Roy Moore. To get something out there before the Post story dropped, knowing uh, how uh, damning it was going to be. What this runoff election takes place, I believe, December, December yeah, December 12, I think. I think that would so be a Tuesday. Yeah, that would be a Tuesday. So it's a little more than a month off. Um, so there may be some time for this guy to try to recover. Although I do know that, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get back to the, the Breitbart thing. Uh, The Breitbart headline that came out just before the Washington Post story dropped uh, is this. After endorsing Democrat in Alabama, Bezos's Washington Post plans to hit Roy Moore with allegations of inappropriate relations with teenagers. Judge claims smear campaign. So interesting Mm -hmm. here to notice uh, Steve Bannon's thought process and all of this, that the first several words contain Democrat bezos washington post right there Mm -hmm. so it's like that's where your attention focuses initially that's your first set of thoughts democrat in alabama so this may be read by a lot of casual readers on social media and certainly at breitbart oh it's a democrat in alabama this reminds me of that trick that fox news channel always does jody where they put the lower third up and, uh, uh-huh. and they and the text is a Republican who is under some sort of accusation or some admired uh, in some sort of scandal. And then they accidentally, quote unquote, put the D and then the state after mm-hmm. instead of the R, they put <laughs> they identify yep. the character as a Democrat accidentally instead of a Republican. Um, that's what they're trying to do here. It's really creepy and 
they're obviously going to be circling the wagons around this guy because we're talking about a United States Senate seat. This is the boardwalk and park place on the Monopoly board for the Democrats. If we can, the Democrats can swing the Senate back on top of possibly swinging the House back in a year. That's going to be fantastic news all around because and it, it appears as if the Senate is going to be. And let's say Roy Moore actually wins this election somehow, miraculously. Uh, I, I just read just now that McConnell says if these allegations are true, Moore must step aside. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. And that's what I was leading up to. Thank yeah. you. Because now uh, G- it says here, talking points memo, GOP leaders Roy Moore must step aside if allegations of underage sexual encounter are true, just as you said. Uh, this is uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, quote, if these allegations are true, he must step aside. I think that's it. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, John Cornyn, Big John, said, uh, <laughs> if, if this is true, I don't think his candidacy is sustainable, but we believe in a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Right, unless sure. You're, unless you're a liberal in Hollywood. Yeah, or you're Hillary Clinton, which case... Or we're you're gonna, Hillary Clinton, right. We're, we're going to spend our entire convention chanting, lock her up, because we believe in innocence until guilt, right? That's <laughs> We believe in the judicial process. By the way, lock her up! For doing right. something, what, what, what did she do wrong? She deleted emails. Is that illegal? I don't know. <laughs> Lock her up. And that's that's what we're. De- this is the kind of people we're dealing with. So the the key words here, I believe, if this is true, if these allegations are true, they're giving they're lawyering their way out of this. They're trying to, you know, this is the same thing they've been doing since Trump became president. It, they're trying to hedge their bets. They're trying to hang on to this third rail who's Trump and they're getting electrocuted, but they don't realize that the fucking train is coming their way. And unless they let go and jump out of the way, they are going to get crushed right along with Trump and everyone else on the uh, the roster of deplorables. This is going to be bad for them. And I don't see I don't see this helping Roy Moore at all. It, it may uh, hurt him quite a bit. It may not. But what the bottom line is, in a race that is essentially tied with Roy Moore at a disadvantage, because we're talking about deep red states here. We're talking about we're talking about Alabama. And the fact that a Democrat is tied with <laughs> with a raving lunatic, far-right Trumpian lunatic like Roy Moore, says a lot about the, the inability of Roy Moore to be able to capture enough Republicans in that state. So all you really need to do is damage Roy Moore by a few percentage points. Although, although we are talking about the age of voter suppression, we are talking about the age of Russian interference. So mm-hmm. maybe... Maybe a few points won't be enough for Doug Jones to be able to pull that out. Maybe he needs a much bigger gap, which case there may have to be more. There may have to be a bigger turnout effort, something to swing the election well enough to the D side of the ledger to overcome all of these obstacles, even with even with these crazy allegations. And then you wrap into the whole thing, the fact that Donald Trump was accused of similar things. And, and in fact, when Donald Trump was accused of it, it barely made news. Bar- well, you know, it's funny. I was listening to Stephanie's show, Vanessa, you know, Vanessa Rumbles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, her dad apparently called her up in the past week going, hey, I didn't know that Trump was a draft dodger. <laughs> yeah, really? And she said, Dad, everybody knows that. He goes, well, Fox News never said anything about it. Oh, She's like, God. they don't say things like that. No. Because it's not in their narrative. 
And he's like, well, why won't they say it? They're the news. Why can't I believe them? Because it's Fox. Try watch. Try reading a newspaper. Oh, you know? No. I feel bad for him, but he's not alone, unfortunately. Yeah, no, not at all. This is where... This is where the uh, the epistemic bubble that occurs on Fox News is uh, is certainly smart politics on their behalf. It's, it's absolutely frustrating and horrible to everyone else looking in. But on mm-hmm. the inside, this is the uh, the marshmallow center inside all of the madness. And what's insane about this is they are going to get bombarded by Russia news from now on. And mm-hmm. it's going to be unavoidable for them. I I can't imagine Fox News continuing to maintain some sort of structural integrity around that bubble enough to keep out the onslaught of bad news that is going to continue to snowball and get bigger and bigger and and more unrelenting as time goes on. So we'll see. We'll see if they're able to to hold back the tide of of horrible, horrible news coming down. Yeah, I mean, as soon as more more indictments come in, like the Flynn's and and others, uh, they can't. They can't ignore it. Everybody else is no. going to be talking about it. <laughs> right, right, right. I would imagine Fox News is talking about this story right now. They have got to be, if only to blow holes in it, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we rewind a year plus, and the sitting president, Donald Trump, on video, propositioned mm-hmm. at least two underage girls on mm-hmm. video, where he said, you know what, in 10 years, I'm going to be dating you, so you better look uh-huh. out. I'm going to be coming at you with my doughy orange body and disgusting ghoulish face. That's what that's what Donald that's Trump That's what 20 year olds want in their 79 year old boyfriends. That's exactly right. Jesus Christ, it's so gross. It's He's so disgusting. gross. <laughs> yeah, and and but it was one of those things that just kind of kind of rolled on past and oh we you know there were so many other things that it's just the ongoing tennis ball machine right right nailing us throughout that entire campaign and so stories like this got lost but insofar as they did still get reported and we did still talk about them to a certain extent it really didn't have any effect at all there was no effect in fact you know you can say on twitter over and over again that donald trump propositioned a 10 year old girl on video and yeah, you know what? Sometimes the response when I say things like that on Twitter, the response is, "Oh, he's just joking." He was just—he was joking. It was a joke. Don't you he get it? Joking. Why, why don't you get a joke? Yeah, I—I I should really—I should be more accepting and and more open to jokes about you know having sex with underage girls. It's a hilarious premise. Oh yeah. <laughs> Always a laugh riot when we're talking about you know rape, essentially statutory, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, statutory rape. I don't care. It's all rape. It's a, it was with people who cannot make up their own minds about these sorts of things. They don't. They haven't reached adulthood. They haven't reached a level of maturity to be able to decide whether or not to have sex with Donald Trump. That's why it is wrong for uh, a, a grown-ups to proposition. Children. That is one of many reasons why it's so horribly, horribly wrong. But yet Donald Trump was able to get away with it. Wrong. Joke or not, it doesn't matter. Will Roy Moore get away with it? I don't know. You know, I've been sitting here kind of grappling with this all morning. And I know, you know what? On one hand, we might be in a post-molestation era. (laughs) I think we're in maybe like a post-scandal era where, you know, if there wasn't Russia... Would some of the other Trump things elevate to the level of that 
investigation? Would there be a special counsel to look into the fact that Donald Trump hasn't recused himself from uh, or hasn't uh, divested himself from his uh, from his businesses? Would there be uh, a scandal regarding any number of of things that Donald Trump? The, the list is so goddamn long. I'm having trouble picking uh, some of the more serious infractions out of the uh, out of the roster. But but nevertheless, you know, I wonder if. If these these other non-Russia scandals surrounding mm-hmm. Donald Trump would be a thing, the Carl Icahn story is another one, right. is, uh, a, a very recent one, in fact. So who knows? I, I, that bubble, that Fox News bubble that's preventing the information from getting to their viewers, whatever you want to say about how terrible it is, it's actually effective. As, as mm-hmm. awful as it is, it's actually kind of working. They're getting oh, away Oh, no, they know it. what they're doing. They're very good at it, and this started 35, 40. I mean, GOP TV. They, they, Roger Ailes was talking to Nixon about that. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, so this is something that they finally got to have done. They just don't call it that. By the way, that that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that was, oh, my God. Stephen Colbert had one of the greatest improvised lines in the history of, of late-night comedy. He was uh, interviewing Lawrence O'Donnell about Lawrence O'Donnell's book. Did you see this, Jody? No, I did not. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell was on the show. Lawrence O'Donnell's got a new book out about the uh, all the crazy things that happened in 1968. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the birth of Kimberly A. Johnson, not included in that. Uh, not included in that, good. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, Stephen Colbert points out the first sentence of the book, which is basically that Roger Ailes met with Richard Nixon uh, backstage at something, and they were talking. Oh, I think he was going, Roger Ailes was producing the Mike Douglas show. Yes. And Richard Nixon, yeah, Richard Nixon was going on as a guest, and that's where Richard Nixon met Roger Ailes. And out of that meeting eventually came uh, Fox News Channel. You know, mm-hmm, basically. What, whatever it was 30 years later, 68 to 98. So, that, yeah, yeah, I guess that's like 30 that, yeah. years. And, uh, and, and so that was the order. That meeting uh, backstage of the Mike Douglas show was basically the origin of the conservative entertainment complex. That's where Roger Ailes first got the nut of the idea, passed it along to Nixon. Nixon, hey, great idea. Let's do that now. Oh, uh, well, we have to wait. We have to put things together. Uh, and so, so <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell goes through this long story about Roger Ailes and Richard Nixon and eventually Fox News Channel. And then Stephen Colbert says, well, there are also many other good sentences in the book. <laughs> Like the first sentence in the book was this blockbuster about, right. you know, the the creation of this media empire mm-hmm. on the far right. And then that was just the first sentence. <laughs> so, <laughs> there are other good sentences. Just awesome. 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 I, I, have to, I have to go get that book. Uh, the new uh, Lawrence O'Donnell book. By the way, you know what Lawrence O'Donnell should have called his book? What? And I'm being I'm being half serious about this, but you know, remember that's half serious. <laughs> he should have called it Stop the Hammering. He should <laughs> He should have called it Stop the Hammering. That would have been that's an awesome name for a book. And Stop the, He should have because then that that whole incident would have just been laughed off even more than it already has been. <laughs> that's right. All right, so uh, let's talk about my favorite food in the world, and that is Omaha Steaks. Uh, the last time Omaha Steaks sent me a family gift pack, I had to I had to give away some of my Omaha Steaks. And you know, to, to one of my neighbor across the way, I hate doing that because these I, there's there's nothing in the Oma, Omaha Steaks family gift pack that I don't like. Everything is amazing, and I had to give some of it away because I couldn't fit all of it in my freezer. 
that's the thing of it. They send you this insulated container with dry ice inside to keep everything fresh and cold. And so you get that at your for your front door steps from, from Omaha Steaks, and then you have to pack it into your freezer. And there's so many good things in there, you can't get it all in there. Or at least I couldn't. So I'm thinking maybe I need a second freezer for my Omaha Steaks. So let me tell you about the Omaha Steaks and how for only $49.99, you can get the family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BOBC in the search bar. That's 75% off. Here's what you get. Here are all the things you're going to have to jam into your freezer. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers. Oh, my God. Four potatoes au gratin. I assure you, I kept the potatoes au gratin, and I <laughs> devoured the potatoes au gratin. Four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, plus you get, <laughs> this is awesome, four additional kielbasa sausages for free. It's my one of every who doesn't like free sausage? <laughs> free sausage. <laughs> That's just from, there's something about that. From Omaha Steaks. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers as the holidays uh, rapidly approach. Over 500 gourmet gift ideas, great steak experiences at home, the most flavorful tender-aged beef, seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, pastas, soups, seasoning, sauces, so much more. If you're planning a get-together for the holidays coming up, whether it's Thanksgiving or something involving uh, uh, Christmas at the end of the year, you go to Omaha Steaks and you get everything you need to serve uh, all of your guests for the holidays. So there it is. Once again, it's omahasteaks.com. The promo code is BOBC in the search bar. Get 75% off. Let me try all, let me let me try all this again. You can do it. Cuz my someone's calling my goddamn phone and I get temporarily distracted by the shiny object. <laughs> go to omahasteaks.com, enter my code BOBC in the search bar, get 75% savings on the family gift pack. It's a gift guaranteed to be a huge huge hit. Again, that's omahasteaks.com/bobc. The Bob Seska show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show, everybody. Come around uh, Jody Hamilton is here today. And uh, I'm just now learning how to read. Thank you very much. I think I'm coming along with my literacy quite well. <laughs> so Roy Moore uh, has kind of a casual relationship with the law. He was removed uh, from office for defying uh, a deadline to remove the Ten Commandments outside the Heflin Torbert Judicial Building. Mm-hmm. That was one of Roy Moore's things. Plus, he was suspended from the bench for defying the Obergefell ruling, which is the same-sex marriage ruling. He refused right. uh, refused to uh, uh, to allow that uh, Supreme Court ruling to go to, into effect in uh, in Alabama. Uh, that's because he's such a great guy, such a moral, upstanding citizen, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most tremendous character. Very, very tremendous character. <laughs> this is Roy Moore. And uh, God, I, you know what? Where is that Where is that tweet? There's a tweet. I'm expecting this. To, oh, here it is. Uh, from September 27th, Trump tweeted, spoke to Roy Moore of Alabama last night for the first time. Sounds like a really great guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
who ran a fantastic race. He will help to make America great again. That is your president. I'm, I'm guessing that this tweet will be deleted by the end of the day. Because yeah. I mean, that's what he did, didn't he? Uh, who Luther Strange was the uh, was the interim senator who right. lost in the primary to Roy Moore. And as soon as uh, Luther Strange lost that that primary, what happened? Donald Trump deleted all of his <laughs> positive tweets about uh, Luther Strange. Mm-hmm. Violating the Presidential Records Act. We still, have, by the way, we still haven't had a ruling on whether or not deleting tweets is a violation of the Presidential Records Act. I imagine that it should be. Uh, at real Donald Trump might not be, but at POTUS should definitely never be deleted. I don't know. That's a legal question. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't he? At the very least, if he's tweeting through his own personal Twitter account, he's still tweeting as he president. is the president still. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's it's an interesting distinction you make there, though, because that makes that would seem to make sense that if it was the POTUS account uh, rather than the real Donald Trump account, then maybe the POTUS account carries with it some sort of heft that makes it necessary yeah. to protect whatever's listed on there. But I wonder if he's also deleted tweets from the POTUS account too. Who knows? I mean, to me, yeah, it is a fine line because he, no matter what, when he speaks, when he does anything, but if he's doing it as the president versus as himself, you know, presidential business is presidential business, Donald Trump being the idiot, horrid lump of cells that he is, um, uh, is is a different entity in a weird way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. like the, like if you're a corporation and you're a person, those are two different things. I don't know. There was a ruling, I think, by one judge, if I'm recalling correctly, who said that that his tweets do represent official White House statements. It was a judge mm-hmm. or it was an ethics office somewhere. I'm completely blanking on this. I shouldn't have been drunk before the show. That's part of again, again, once again. I'm sorry. Once again, Bob. Uh, yeah. Are I'm you? St- are, you're also not wearing pants, right? Because I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm never wearing pants on the show. Well, that's good. I never Phew. wear pants on the show. But you know what? You know what? You know why I'm a little uh, loopy is still because of the uh, the results of the election from Tuesday. Yeah, yes. Uh, Praise Jesus. The Democrats killed it, killed it in Tuesday's elections. And it wasn't just, you know, I know the the Republicans are downplaying and saying, well, oh, well, Virginia's a blue state. They went from a Democratic governor to another Democratic governor. How is that? Yeah, but you're you're not seeing the whole thing. It's much worse than that. Maybe you should. It's the state house. It's all of Washington state. (laughs) It's it's all these other littler things. It was countrywide what happened. Yeah. and It wasn't just New Jersey and it wasn't just Virginia. It was across the whole country. And it wasn't just the two governor's races Mm -hmm. in Virginia and New Jersey. It was Mm -hmm. much broader than that. And what Mm -hmm. we're talking about here, in Virginia at least, in the races for the House of Delegates, it was a trouncing, historically so. I mean, the last time was maybe, uh, I think it was 10 years ago, I think one, either one or four seats flipped, and that was the biggest uh, changeover from Republican to Democrat in over a century. I think right. this broke a record that was set in 1899. That's mm-hmm. 16, possibly 16 uh, seats changed hands in the Virginia House, which is just unbelievable. And then what's further unbelievable, not only is that an historic changeover from Republican to uh, Democratic seats, but also 11 
of those 16 Democrats who won on Tuesday, again, this is the Virginia House of Delegates, 11 of those 16 were women. Yes. that's That was another big takeaway from Tuesday was how many women uh, were elected and then the three trans people, two women and a, and a guy that were elected. I mean, it was just like... It was amazing, and all the minorities, besides women and trans people that were also represented, it was just like, whoa, dude, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a massive, a massive win for for women, a massive win for Democrats, and it was just so startling to see Rachel Maddow last night when she showed, you know, the faces of all of the Republican incumbents, and some of them were, I think, two of them were retiring or stepping down for some reason. The rest mm-hmm. were obviously up for reelection. And to see all those white male faces, there were, mm-hmm. I think, there was one Asian man in there, from what I could tell. But nevertheless, they were mostly men. And mm-hmm. then the winners were a strip of mostly women. It was women. a Benetton ad. It it really really was. It looked exactly like that. It just looked it looked like the United States. It looked like America should exactly. look. It was diverse. It was uh it represented I think uh the gender divide in the United States, the, the number of women versus the number of men. Mm-hmm. It seemed more in keeping, more representative of the American population than just a bunch of white guys, a bunch of middle-aged white guys. Yeah. And, and so I think what's happening is uh, the, the tide is starting to roll back. Um, I kind of compared it yesterday, too, uh, in relation to the midterms. The, the water is starting to flood into the room. You can mm-hmm. see it trickling in under the doorway and under, through the walls and things like that, and it's starting to fill the room. And, and hopefully that's going to keep going through the midterms next year we're still really really early and i always caution you know what i caution uh jody i always say don't Don't get get happy don't get happy exactly right because this is a situation where we are still 12 months away from Mm -hmm. the midterms elections and a lot can happen if you remember it when it was 2013 it was late 2013 when the very unpopular shutdown of the government occurred, mm-hmm. uh, precipitated mostly by Republicans who tried to make mm-hmm. a big deal out of it. You remember uh, that monuments were shut down and they went out and said, why can't people visit the veterans monuments and stuff like that? Because why, do the, why does Obama hate the veterans? And it was, a mm-hmm. big, it was a big clusterfuck for the Republicans. So everyone thought, well, okay, this is, this is good news leading up to a midterm election year, which was 2014. And then, of course, the Democrats ended up losing seats in 2014 rather than. Well, yeah, because that was any more a year is so far, especially in this administration, a year is is a hundred. I mean, the gray hairs that I had before Mm -hmm. November of last year versus the ones I'm covering up now is a greater number. (laughs) Right. You know, it's 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 I, I, I'm afraid to look at what my hair looks like, really. Um, uh, so I'm dying it every week and a half now. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's 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 mad. And a year is so far away. But but also everybody thought in January, is this going to last after the Women's March? Right. Are we motivated enough? And that was several months ago. And obviously that happened with the one woman who who ran against the guy who was mocking the Women's March and she beat him. And then with the trans woman that won against the guy who wanted to do the bathroom law in Virginia. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, this is like, oh, yeah, you, you want to make fun of us? I, in fact, I was wearing my Women's March shirt on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at the grocery store. And this guy goes, I like the shirt. And I said, it was a good march. He goes, yeah, it was. You know. <laughs> That's like, awesome. We're, all, we're there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so relieved to see that uh, people are beginning to realize that 
it, it actually isn't too difficult to throw your hat into the ring for a race like the the House of Delegates in Virginia mm-hmm. or some some local races as well, mayor races and things a like that. A friend of mine won his mayor's race. Yeah, I mean, you can really do it as an ordinary citizen. You don't mm-hmm. need the millions of dollars that are required to run for a national campaign or even a, a House of Representatives seat where you kind of mm-hmm. need to schmooze with the party for 10 years first and get your get yourself in with the state party and all that and uh, make sure to shake all the hands and grease the palms and mm-hmm. and get ready to do something like that but with local races you can kind of do it at a grassroots level and there's one woman who was uh, uh, a VMI graduate and decided well you know what I'm going to run in this uh, in this one house district in, in Virginia and she ended up winning it was like mm-hmm. th- there were many uh, uh, delegate seats that weren't even being challenged by the Democrats right. year in and year out and they finally said hey you know what maybe we should give this a try maybe we shouldn't sit these elections out maybe we should at least try to win a few elections and sure enough they did and sure enough they ended up uh possibly flipping the house of delegates back to Mm -hmm. the democratic side it's going to depend on there's a couple of runoff races in there that they're going to have to determine so and they're recounting some stuff right yeah yeah because uh of course that's the one of the other news stories to come out of the election from tuesday which is that virginia was using all paper ballots which is yes i think that's fantastic well especially in the age of russia uh, uh-huh. eliminating the hackable uh, computers out of the process, at least to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, computers have to store the results. There obviously is, has to be a database where the official results are kept and so on with redundant, hopefully, redundant backups along the way. But those computers can still be hacked. Nevertheless... But I think these were hand counted on top of it all. It wasn't just paper ballots. Because like here in California, we use a paper ballot, but it's counted on a computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I believe these were hand counted um, as well. And you can do it really fast. I mean, Brad Friedman talks about this all the time because he's like a voter wonk crazy yeah. person. Right, right. And he's like, it's just as, it's, he goes, sometimes it's faster to do a hand count than to do it with a computer because you don't have to get it all in one place. Everybody can do it in their precinct and boom, the tally's done. Yeah, yeah. And obviously too, uh, there are tabulation machines in some mm-hmm. states that are used that are where you have to feed the paper ballot into a tabulation yeah, machine. Yeah, that's what and, they do here, I believe. That's what we do here in California. Yeah, yeah, exactly, in California. And and those machines can be hacked either... Absolutely. ...either in person or via some sort of internet communications process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, paper ballots only mitigate it to a certain extent, but... Uh, it, at least there are fewer possibilities for interruptions along the way, and that can only and they be can seen. be recounted by hand without a computer at all. Exactly, and that's the other thing. It's like, look, at least there's a paper, literally a paper trail here, instead of hey, it's a nice little pretty computer. I can press yes or no, and then your vote gets flipped. Mm-hmm. And of course, too, one of the postmortems that we're getting out of the Republican side of things, especially with Trump supporters, is poor well, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, they're they're all saying. Why didn't why didn't these candidates embrace Trump more? They should have embraced Trump oh, more. Please and then do. They, like Ed Gillespie. I mean, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, what did he tweet about Ed Gillespie? He said here, uh, Ed Gillespie. He was whining. He was whining. So we got to bring up uh, Donald Trump's whining. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Gillespie worked hard, but did not embrace me or what I stand for. Yes, he did. Don't forget, Republicans. Uh, you won four out of four House seats. And with the economy doing record numbers, we will Thanks, continue. To, <laughs> we will continue to win, even bigger than before. Like, oh, oh, Ed Gillespie didn't embrace me or what I stand for. You know what? 
please embrace Trump more. Follow uh, please do. Yeah. Follow Trump's advice. Follow Laura Ingram's advice. Wrap Mm -hmm. your arms around Trump's doughy middle and never let go. Yeah, if he thinks Ed Gillespie's racist campaign didn't embrace Trump, uh, I don't think he paid attention. No, certainly not. And of course, Ed Gillespie isn't necessarily a Trumper, but like a lot of the members of Congress right now, especially mm-hmm. the congressional Republican leadership, they're they're latched on to Trump enough so that they end up with his stink on them. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing they don't realize. It's like uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, Paul Ryan, they don't get that even... Keeping Trump at arm's length means they're still going to get hit by the spatter when everything mm-hmm. blows up. You know what I mean? They're, oh, st- yeah. <laughs> they're still in the front row of the... Ga- I used this analogy on Tuesday. I'll use it again. They're, they're in the front row of the Gallagher concert, and it, and it doesn't matter that they're not on stage with Gallagher. And they don't have the plastic. Right, they don't have the plastic. So they're going to get hit by exploding right. melon at any, any point in time here. Uh, so, so we'll see how that all works out. I, I hope they do. I hope they really go really iron stash. Go iron stash. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean. You can feel good about inside and out unless you're using bubble genius bath and body products. See bubble genius is a woman owned small business proudly creating our vegan friendly products in America and supporting other U S businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, here's what we're doing. It's Patreon time. We're doing a huge push for our Patreon page right now. Uh, my goal is to uh, my goal is to bring enough uh, uh, new subscribers into Patreon to add a Wednesday show. If everyone listening signed up for just one dollar per month, we'd far exceed that goal. Right now, we're at seventy nine percent. We get to one hundred percent, we add the Wednesday show. We're at seventy. That's only what twenty one percent left to come. I don't know. I'm, I'm like barely, barely able to I was grasp told there would be it. no math. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was told too. Evidently, there <laughs> is. Uh, also, let's talk about, by the way, for subscribing, uh, talk about subscribing for $15 a month. That's our top level. That's just $1.88 per show. So, in addition to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows, you'll get two postmortem shows per week, plus the Friday after party every week, and my exclusive reading of the Steel dossier for free. And we'll take out all, all the commercials from the free shows, too. But only if you sign up at $15 a month. Plus, there are the other tiers. You can sign up at just $10 a month. Plus that, and that'll give you the after party and the two post-mortem shows every week. Uh, or you can sign up at $5 a month, and that gets you the, the post-mortem show, which we record seamlessly right at the end of this show. 
Uh, just go to bobsuska.com and click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at the top of the page. And please tell all your friends. And and don't forget to go shopping through our eBay link or our Target link. We've replaced our Amazon link with these other two shopping links so if you go through those links we get a small commission from everything you buy it costs you nothing extra and and you make me really happy (laughs) i can't say the other thing that i usually used to say because that got me in trouble with amazon.com right you can't do that which is the strangest strangest thing i've ever heard in my life you know it really is especially considering that the ftc the federal trade commission requires that we say that we get a commission from everything every purchase it's it's a matter of disclosure right And, and i'm not saying that you know if you do something that i ask you to do as a favor i'm not saying that is that that it's it's so hard it, it's the easiest thing in the world to to do but then it's all it's really difficult to explain i'm not i'm not saying that the only reason you should you're not buying things let's try it this way right you're not buying things solely to give me money you're buying things because you like to buy things at these outlets at these retail outlets right right that's why you go and do it no one's spending their money just to just to give me money Right. You get something in return is it's money in exchange for goods and or services. Right. And so that's that's what the deal is, but evidently that Amazon, at least Amazon thought that was wrong. So nevertheless, use our eBay link and our Target link instead. Everyone loves loves to shop at Target and everyone loves <laughs> to uh get uh, all kinds of nerdy memorabilia and things like that. Uh vintage items and so on through uh eBay auctions and the buy it now pro. That's my favorite, the buy it now. Uh, yeah. feature because i don't like the i don't like the auctions i always lose the auctions I, I think i've only won a couple of auctions and it was just one of these things where i had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning for when the auction expired <laughs> you know what <laughs> it's just it's just not worth it to buy a replica lightsaber sorry are you sure yeah i'm sorry it just doesn't <laughs> oh you know what i wanted to mention this uh, on tuesday's show Huge thanks to uh, Charlie May at Salon.com for ranking us at number seven, this podcast at number seven in the list of uh, 25 best political podcasts, right? Mm, nice. Congratulations. That was, a, that was a real honor. It was nice, uh, nice company. Some other great, great podcasts in there. Obviously, they were missing from the bunker. They were missing Buzz Burbank News and Comment. They were missing the Stephanie Miller show, which is more of a, a radio show, wouldn't you say? Yeah. The podcast. Well, she has the Happy Hour podcast. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, that see, that should have been one the Happy Hour podcast at stephaniemiller.com. That yes, should have been. Yes, it's very drunken. Yeah. Sign up for a StephCast uh, subscription. While you're buying a bunch of stuff, just add this to your <laughs> sh- shopping list. All right. Uh, moving along, a little bit of Russia news here uh, before we wrap up the show. Russian trolls, it just came out today. Russian trolls are swatting down bad Trump news. Uh, this is, uh, this is of course quite predictable as soon as we started to hear that there were trolls, uh, working for the Russian government to, uh, interfere with the election. It made sense that they would be actively trying to swat down bad news for Donald Trump, uh, disguised Russian agents on Twitter. This is from the Associated Press, by the way, rushed Mm -hmm. to deflect scandalous news about Trump just before last year's presidential election while straining to refocus criticism on the mainstream media and Hillary Clinton's campaign, according to the Associated Press uh, analysis of uh, since-deleted accounts. Tweets by Russian-backed accounts such as America underscore first underscore. See, now, if you thought from dash the dash bunker was... (laughs) 
Someone's out there called America underscore first underscore. They're copying us. That's right. <laughs> and uh, but uh, Baton Rouge Voice, that was another one, on mm. October 7, 2016. Active, that was right before the uh, Access Hollywood tape. Mm-hmm. A- actively pivoted away from news of an audio recording in which Trump made crude comments about groping women. I guess it was. Was that? Because mm. they're talking yeah. about the Access Hollywood tape here. I thought the Access Hollywood tape was the 9th or the 10th. Anyway, uh, and instead of touting damaging emails hacked from Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, since early this year, the extent of Russian intrusion to help Trump and hurt Clinton in the election has been the subject of both congressional scrutiny and criminal investigations by Robert Mueller. AP's analysis illuminates the obvious strategy behind the Russian cyber meddling, swiftly react, distort and distract attention from any negative Trump news. I imagine, too, as part of this, that the trolls also injected quite a bit of fake news into Twitter mm-hmm. as well. We know about the fake news on on Facebook, but part of it, I think, was more, uh, by the way, we're not bleeping the show anymore, more rat-fucking uh, and that kind of strategy where maybe you portray yourself as a Hillary supporter and you say something crazy that goes viral and mm-hmm. then makes Hillary look bad. Mm-hmm. That's also a possible strategy. That that's a classic political trick called. Uh, oh, absolutely! Called, it's a it's a it's a tried and true and works. Yeah, it was like back in the uh, Donald Segretti days, who kind of you know they, w- one of the people who popularized the idea of rat fucking during uh, the Watergate investigation would like write something crazy on opposition stationery and and mm-hmm. and accidentally leak accidentally quote unquote leak it to the press, and so then that then that candidate looks like he's crazy. And, and right. that's the idea. And I, I'm sure that's what happened to a certain extent here, but that's not necessarily what they're reporting. This is just me speculating. The AP examined 36,000 tweets. Jesus. Boy, I'd hate to be those interns. <laughs> From yeah. August, August 31st to November 10th, uh, 2015 on through to 2016, posted by 382 of the Russian accounts that Twitter shared with congressional investigators last week. Twitter deactivated the accounts, deleting the tweets, and making them inaccessible on the internet, but a limited selection of the account's Twitter activity was retrieved by matching account handles against an archive obtained by the AP. I thought that the National Archives was, or is it the Library of Congress or the Archives? Library of Congress. I don't know. It might be the Library of Congress. Nevertheless, there is a government, excuse me, a government agency tasked with retaining all tweets right so everything you've tweeted whether you've deleted it or not has been archived and is now in some i think publicly accessible database so i imagine that might be the archive that the ap is talking about or maybe these tweets didn't make it to the archive who knows but there are also i know i know that there are like private entity websites that will just go in and grab stuff yeah, right, right. You know, Wayback Machine, I think, was one a long time ago. Because um, I can even find an old website of mine from the late 90s, you know. Yeah, I just. just <laughs> when Flash was new, you know. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, me too. I love looking at archive.org and the Wayback Machine. I was, yeah. It's like looking at old. I, I like to look at my old website designs. It's like looking at old haircuts I had in high school. It's just really, mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. It's like one of those things where you, you can't look away, but at the same time, you're just kind of like, oh, God, horrible. <laughs> I can't believe I walked around like that. I can't believe I looked in the mirror and said, hey, that looks okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it looked, I looked great when I looked like a, a cult leader. 
That's cool. <laughs> I looked like a cult leader in 1988. Fantastic look, Bob. Anyway, it is a good look. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Trump's bodyguard uh, says Russians offered Trump uh, uh, five like like prostitutes and and was turned down. Ooh. Uh, Trump bodyguard Keith Schiller testified that Russia's uh, Russian operatives offered Trump women. After a business meeting before the Miss Universe pageant in 2013, a Russian participant offered to send five women to Donald Trump's hotel room in Moscow, his longtime bodyguard told Congress last week, according to three sources who were present for the interview. Two of the sources said the bodyguard, Keith Schiller, viewed the offer as a joke and immediately responded, we don't do that type of stuff. Uh Uh-huh, sure. We don't receive anything that's been offered to us. We go out and seek it. I'm making that part up. Uh, <laughs> but two sources said Schiller's comments came in the context of him adamantly disputing the allegations made in the Trump dossier written by a former British intelligence operative uh, describing uh, the PP tape. Schindler described his rea- or Schiller described his reaction to that story as being, oh, my God, that's bullshit. Two sources said conversation with the Russian uh, about the five women took place after a morning meeting about the pageant in Moscow after it broke up, two sources said. That night, two, uh, two sources also said Schiller said he discussed the conversation with Trump as Trump was walking back to his hotel room, and Schiller said the two men laughed about it as Trump went to bed alone. Mm-hmm. Schiller testified that he stood outside Trump's hotel room for a time and then went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like to have that job? I'm the guy who stands outside Trump's hotel room. And then, yeah. and then also goes to Baghdad to meet with <laughs> Iraqi officials for some reason. Uh, yeah. So the guy, yeah, so, so Trump, the guy who stands outside Trump's bedroom in Moscow, also the guy who's an official emissary for the State Department <laughs> in meetings with <laughs> Russian with uh, Iraqi officials. Um, nevertheless, so you know, who knows? Who knows if this is with this went down the way Schiller said it went down? I imagine that uh, he's going to deny anything anyway. So uh, I don't don't think he's... Oh, yeah, sure. Donald Trump went in there with with five hookers. It was only four years ago. No problem. No problem. None. Nothing to see here. No, no. Anyway, so uh, that's that. And meanwhile, this is my favorite uh, story of the day so far. As far as uh, non-Roy Moore news goes, InfoWars republished more than 1,000 Russia Today news stories. Wow. Basically Russian propaganda. So BuzzFeed went through and found all of these news stories, more than a thousand of them. Again, sorry, sorry, interns. <laughs> You're going to have to look through <laughs> thousands and thousands of uh, InfoWars news articles. Uh, oh, and by the way, they did so without permission from RT. Oh. So they willingly republished Russian propaganda. Info, wow. InfoWars willingly republish these rt news stories which scum i know they're not they well you you did it alex um <laughs> that's uh that's not shocking in the slightest that makes total sense that donald trump would or not donald trump i was you know what i'm always attributing donald trump to things that he didn't do uh, when uh, you know like in this case alex jones i meant to say alex jones i said donald trump i have i have been doing that left and right just if there's some evil person that I'm talking about, I'll just knee-jerk into Donald Trump. Oh, that was Donald Trump. Oh, no, wait, it's not Donald Trump. It's not. <laughs> I'm automatically <laughs> labeling anyone who does something wrong as being uh, Donald Trump. 
Right. Uh, and finally, the House Intelligence Committee will interview the Russian-American lobbyist who was at the uh, Trump Tower meeting with Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort. Uh, Renat Akhmetshin is going to meet with House investigators next week. This is This guy is fascinating insofar as he is, uh, time and time again, he's the guy involved in internet-based meddling in elections. This might be a key, key player. He was in that June 9 meeting with Donald Trump Jr., as I just said, uh, and, and his, his role in all of this could very well be as a point man for the digital side of the Russian attack. Oh, so we'll see how this uh, meeting goes. The panel last week interviewed uh, Ike Kavaladze. I am completely butchering that, I'm sure. A Russian who attended the meeting on behalf of Russian billionaire Eris Agalarov, the oligarch who initiated the session. Of course, we know Eris Agalarov not only is an oligarch, but the father of Eman Agalarov, who is that uh, pop star from uh-huh. uh, he's not from Russia proper, but he's from. Russia adjacent <laughs> one of the Russia adjacent countries okay uh, so uh, so there's that so we'll see uh, how that all turns out as well I don't have a whole lot of faith in the congressional investigations to come out with anything uh, uh, too terribly indictment worthy uh, right I, I think we really as far as resting our hopes on someone it's it's got to be Mueller and and exclusively Mueller because Again, we're still talking about we're still talking about Russia, or not Russian. See there, I, Russia. See? I meant to say I meant to say Republicans. There you go. See, this is what's, they're interchangeable now, Bob. This is what's happening in the age of Trump. It's just too many names, <laughs> too many names that are similar, too many Russian names. They all seem like they're uh, blending one into the other. So I meant to say Republicans. In fact, I don't remember what I meant to say now. <laughs> Maybe I just need to go back to sleep. There you go. <laughs> I think that may be the case. All right. Uh, still lots to talk about on the post-mortem show that's coming up on our Patreon page. Go to bobsuska.com and click the all caps link just beneath the logo in the upper left corner. Uh, it says Patreon. Go right to our Patreon page and you can very conveniently and easily sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. Uh, and you get lots of fun, free extras link to the show bonus features whatever you want to call them uh over there and of course you you help support the show i'm willing to say it helps support the show because it literally does it seems like almost like i'm using profanity when i say that (laughs) it's like i've been so severely chastised by amazon.com see that's the thing it wasn't like "Ooh, you're doing something wrong can you take that down that's what happens like when uh when Google AdSense like picks up, oh, he said the F word in this article. Right. There's a Google ad there. D- d- take down the Google ad off of that that article, please. That's the alert that you get from Google. Another right. another megalithic corporation, and at least they're fair about it. Amazon.com, one infraction, you're gone. You're dead. You're out the door. Right. And by the it, way. That's what's so weird about it. Yeah. By the way, no chance for appeal, and we're not going to pay you what we owe you. That's not right. That seems like stealing to me. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. I'm fairly sure this has happened to Sam Harris. This has happened to countless other podcasts. It happened to uh, Dave Pakman, his show. Uh, It's happening all over the place. And my, my guess is either people are being reported to Amazon 
Uh-huh. Maybe by Russian trolls. Who knows? By who knows? just regular rank and file trolls. Who knows? Or maybe Amazon is going through and saying, you know what? These people are making too much money uh, cutting into our bottom line through their uh, commissions. Let's just get rid of right. them. This is good. Thin the herd. All right, That's po- possible. I mean, basically, because what they were doing is whatever you're getting like 10% or whatever. So it's like giving 10% off and you have to disclose that. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Okay, well, that's the show, and uh, we'll see you on the after party tomorrow, and the postmortem show starts right now. Woohoo!